This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. You gave me a list of words that all seem to be about the same thing, but I think that they're not, which gives us an opportunity once again to talk about words and what they mean, and if they mean what we think they mean. So the list of the four words that you came up with are prosperity, wealth, abundance, and money. And in a lot of cases, people think those all mean the same thing. Yeah, prosperity, wealth, abundance, money, it's all the same thing, and it's not. Right. And I'll go into as much detail as you want on that. But is there a particular question or topic that you wanted to address before we run out of time at the end of the program? (laughs) (laughs) Well, all of them are really important. I wish we could get them all. But what I was really thinking about is all this news that scares you about recession coming and you're not going to have any money and all the prices and everything are escalating in the supermarket, even though it's in the supermarket shelves are really not back up to par as, as far as I could see. And it just seems like there's a air of people being a little bit afraid. And so I thought we could talk about what prosperity means and is it affected by inflation? Because, I mean, it's one thing when good times are here, right? You don't even think about it. You just enjoy it. But then when it's difficult, you start pulling on spirituality and all of that. And I think that spirituality isn't a button that you push or something that you do when you need it. Oh yeah, that's the foxhole prayer. Yeah. And, if you dive and into so, the foxhole with the bullets going overhead and that's when you're doing the prayer, well, we might've missed the point. Absolutely. We're, the foxhole is here. <laughs> All the stuff is going overhead. There's always a foxhole. Of course. And the mindset should be consistent. However. Well, it helps if the mindset is consistent. So let's dig into the prosperity, wealth, abundance, money, recession, and the other word that ties in with all of that, which is fear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the prices are what the prices are. And people say price is going up. That's no good. However, the wages that you earn, there's a price of those. And if your wages are going up, well, then that's a good price increase. And if the prices that are being paid for per- for materials or for your services are going up, you know, you're a consultant, you used to make X dollars an hour, and now you're making X plus 10% dollars an hour. That's a good thing. So it's that good news, bad news, who can tell story. The problem is we all like the prices to go up just a little bit because that's how the economy expands. You know, things are They do not cost what they cost when I was a kid. You could buy things at the candy store for a quarter. You could go to a movie for two people and spend $10 or less. This is not the case these days. And that's what happens when the economy expands. And that's okay. Prosperity is our experience of enoughness. 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 That's kind of a word. It is now. 
our experience of having enough money. Now, if you ask somebody, how much money do you need to live on? The answer that they're going to give will be based on their current living circumstances. So if you ask somebody who is just out of college and they're sharing a small apartment with three or four friends, they're going to give you a different number than if they're in their late 30s and they got three kids living in a house in the burbs and they're planning on their kids going to college and they're trying to put together the whole college plan. So those are two completely different numbers. And it could be for the same person at different times in their life. How much is enough? And some people say there's never enough. You could always use more money. It could always be better to have more and more and more and more. My dog wants more and more and more and more as well. And our experience of enoughness and sufficiency changes from person to person and from time to time. And that is perfectly reasonable. So there are people who have huge expenses. They've got, you know, it might not even be a lavish lifestyle. There might be a lot of people who they're supporting, a lot of pieces that they're keeping moving. And it's expensive. And other people who can live very frugally. So it's not the amount of money that we have. It's about having an adequate supply of the funds and the resources to be able to cover our expenses and maybe leave a little room for some flexibility and some growth. I mean, I have often said that if, you know, with $2 million in the bank, I'd pretty much be set because I could make investments support me basically indefinitely with the $2 million nest egg. If Bill Gates had $2 million, he'd be ruined. Okay. Same first name, same $2 million, different context. You know, and when we look at it in that context, then prosperity is having enough. And prosperity can take the form of finances, which is the way we usually think of it. But if you have somebody who has tons of money and they're in ill health and they're uncomfortable, then what they're really looking for is to be feeling better or to be more active or to have that experience of prosperity and enoughness in a different area of their life. Abundance is the natural order of things. This is an infinite universe. This is a creative power that creates everything that has created everything, that continues to create everything, that created you and creates galaxies. Mm -hmm. That is abundance. It is an infinitely abundant universe. And the notion that that creative power is going to run out of stuff, <laughs> like, oh, I wish I could make another star. It makes another star. And the thought that that infinite abundant power, that limitless resource doesn't have enough to cover your rent is preposterous. So it's not about the abundance. The abundance is there. It's about fit and flow and timing and that experience of sufficiency and enoughness. You know, 31 days in a month. You Hopefully, you run out a month before you run out of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's everybody's hope, okay? <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine used to say that uh, wealthy is when you don't realize it's the first of the month. Mm -hmm. Which is another word. Was that on the list? Wealthy? Wealth, yeah. Prosperity. I wrote yeah. them down. Yeah. Prosperity, wealth, abundance, and money. And we're talking about recession and, and inflation, which are ways that our money is worth less than it used to be worth. And there's the perennial problem of stashing the money underneath the mattress to save it. And that works completely counter to what we want to be doing with our money anyway, because money is not a thing in and of itself. You think, oh, it's Ben Franklin on a hundred dollar bill. That's worth something. No, it's actually a very nice piece of paper with some okay artwork on it. But the paper itself is not what gives it value. It's the belief that we have that it's going to buy us $100 worth of stuff. And that money is called currency. And where else does current come along in our life? Well, it's always where there's something flowing. It's the current in the ocean or the river or the electrical circuit. And current only happens when there's motion. When there is not current, 
there's stagnancy. And what we don't want to do is let our beliefs and our money and our ideas become stagnant. So the idea is if there's money available, if there's resources available, let's let it work. Let's let it do its thing. And sometimes that's by spending it. Sometimes that's by spending it and letting it go into circulation because it goes around and it comes around and continues moving. Sometimes it's by using it to invest in something, to build something that's going to be valuable in the future. Now, as soon as you put the money into the investment, you no longer have access to it as money. So it's the same as spending it, but the investment is different. It's about going into the flow and, and using that resource to invite in something new. So wide ranging bunch of topics that I've gone through here. (laughs) (laughs) A lot, a lot. Okay. So I thought I'd take a breath and let you change the subject. (laughs) Well, listen, okay. Let's go back to fit. You said fit, flow, and timing. What is fit? If I have a bunch of money and the opportunity to invest in something or to buy something and I don't need it or I don't believe in the product or the service or whatever it is that I'm investing in, that's not a good fit. So what I want to do is be enthusiastic so that my heart, my intention, my desires, my focus flows where I'm putting the money. Intentional investing. So I'm only going to put money into companies that I agree with philosophically who are doing things to support the planet or support human rights, or there's a whole bunch of different ways that people who are just buying stocks and equities are able to invest in the companies that are doing the sort of good work that they want to be doing. There are other people who just avoid the ones who are doing really toxic things. It's quite unpopular these days to invest in things that the Russian government is doing just because they're misbehaving as badly as they are in Ukraine. So we can find a fit that way. And it's what's comfortable for me. You know, tobacco companies historically made a lot of money. Same thing with oil companies. Do I want to be supporting them? Mm. (laughs) So that's where the fit comes in. Same thing, buying products. You know, we want to buy stuff that's aligned with our values, and that's where the fit comes in. And the timing? Yeah, back to that conversation about the youngster who just graduated from college and doesn't have a whole lot of expenses, and somebody else who has the need to keep the machine going because they've got a lot of responsibilities. There's a way of taking advantage of the timing there, and a couple of different ways. You know, young and unattached, maybe that's the time to be traveling the world and doing things that are fun and outlandish and different. Or depending on the personality and the person, maybe that's the time to be setting up a 401k to begin with or an IRA because somebody starts investing in an IRA when they're 18 and even just a modest amount of their income in those early days when they don't have much, that really has a lot of time to multiply. It really can make retirement be much more flexible than if somebody starts when they're 57. (laughs) So, okay, what I, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. We crammed a lot into that. Yeah. And we could break them down into individual lessons or talks, discussions. What I'm trying to get to is that people are feeling stressed about money. Mm -hmm. And you use the word fear. So I would like you to talk a little bit about that. And how do they get through feeling really stressed and fearful you know, in terms of how to pray about that and what to expect from that prayer. Hmm. Okay. And that's going to be a lot. Let's take a break. And when we continue, we will go into fear and whatever is the opposite of it. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace, 
anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons, broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're talking about fear and its opposite, especially when it comes to prosperity, wealth, abundance, and money. And the fear of not having enough is different than the experience of not having enough. And sometimes we get just a taste of not having enough, and that triggers the fear of that continuing. And, oh my God, it's going to get worse. And all the stuff that they're saying in the news is true, and there's no end to the inflation, and there's no end to the recession. And I have my savings, and it's worth less and less every time I turn around. You know, I used to be able to buy a whole tank of gas, you know, with a $20 bill, and now it's the $20 bill is gone before I even <laughs> get the pump nozzle into my car. And fear is real in our experience. But what we are fearing is not real. The acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. I first learned that it was false evidence assumed real, but it doesn't even need to be an assumption that it can appear real. You know, we can look at the prices going up and we can look at the fact that our income is staying stable and just do the projection. It's like those two charts are not intersecting in a way that's going to bring a lot of happiness to me. Mm -hmm. And that's not the truth. The fear is not the truth. We look at that situation and we are able to project out, here's what's going to happen if things continue along the way that they have been, and I don't know what to do to make them be any different, therefore I'm doomed. And that's the cycle that we get to go around in in our heads. And it's not true, because the only reason that we would be doomed is if we insist on staying in the box that we put ourselves in and let those trend lines continue out along their way. So we can just as easily set the intention that there's plenty. We live in an abundant universe, and somehow for me and those who I care about, there is sufficiency of money, of food, of housing, of time, of health, of whatever it is that we're interested in, and then get out of the way. Because if I think that the way that I'm going to get enough money to pay the increase in the rent that the landlord is trying to put on me is that I'm going to have to quit my job and move to a different town or move to a different apartment and do this and do that and the other thing, then I have put myself in handcuffs to that idea that the only thing that can possibly change is the things that I've decided can change or need to change. The number, ask, ask around just casually, and this is an invitation for everybody's listening. You don't have to ask too many people about the best job that they ever had or the most surprising job they ever had. And it turns out that they once got hired and they weren't even really looking for a job. It was a casual conversation. Somebody said, oh, I'm looking for somebody to do that. And they wound up making more than they thought they were going to make, doing something they didn't think that they would ever get paid for doing. There are a lot of stories like that. There are especially stories like that for people who believe that can happen. 
that the opportunities are at hand. If we believe that the only way that we're ever going to get another job is to fill out resumes and knock on doors and do interviews and let people say no to us, then the universe is going to say yes. So the the answer that you're giving us is that not to worry, just believe and know that it'll be okay or go ahead, be more specific. Now you brought in another one of those misunderstood words in, which is worry. Now let's take it apart. Worry is basically an idea held in mind and repeated over and over and over again about something that we don't want. A prayer is an idea held in mind, repeated over and over again about something that we do want. Now, we've been talking about prayer being practical and actually creating a difference in our lives. It is done unto you as you believe. That's the whole basis of practical prayer. So if we have one of these worry beliefs, we keep wrestling with that one. We're just given more and more and more energy to it. And that infinite creative power that only has one response, it says yes. When we're worrying about something, it says yes. I don't want to lose my house. Yes, lose my house. <laughs> I don't want to struggle. Yes, struggle. We need to be clear. What do we want instead? Yeah, that's hard. I think nobody wants to lose their house or even be on that edge of not enoughness. And I'm thinking about the last, I guess it's been about a month, that the lottery tickets were, the jackpots were just extraordinarily high. Over a billion dollars, yeah. Yeah, and it was a couple of different ones that were in the high millions. It just it was a lot. And I'm thinking that people might think that that is their answer. There's got to be a lot of people that think that because at the end of whatever the drawing was, it would be almost doubled. So that means there's a lot more money going into it. So what do we do as New Thought believers or we embrace the beliefs that we don't have to worry, but the worry is right there. And maybe this ticket is going to be the thing for me. Should people that embrace this not buy lottery tickets? And you know? <laughs> uh, Lottery tickets are actually a special case and they're a special independent case. And I will explain lottery tickets in a moment. But yeah, what we really want to do is let go of the fear. And the fear is that the only way that my problems are going to be solved is by hitting the jackpot in the lotto. And that's not true. That's us telling this infinite power how it's got to do its job. And we're so lucky that God doesn't take things personally because if I were an omnipotent power and people were putting that on me, that you can only do it this way, it's like... <laughs> the hell you say, <laughs> that would get me angry. <laughs> Fortunately, God doesn't get angry that way. God just says yes, and we get to have the experience that we're going to have. So back to what you're saying about somebody not wanting to lose their house, no longer have their house. How would somebody feel about no longer having their rent due? How would you feel about not having a particular bill or obligation? You know, we look at it and we say, oh, well, the house, losing the house would be bad. Not having to pay the mortgage would be good. And they go hand in hand. So perhaps somewhere in there, there's a misalignment. The fit didn't happen. Somebody's in a house that's bigger than they actually need or more expensive than they need. And so through a process that they can go through either intentionally or spiritually, or through the legal process, they wind up in a different house. And it's our worry and our fear that says this is bad and it shouldn't happen. We want to be able to do in all of those cases is pivot. When the worry comes up, about this horrible thing could be happening. 
instead of staying focused on what it is that we are concerned might happen, is to say, what do I want to have instead? What is the experience that I am desiring? And then put as much energy into that. This is the good that I am anticipating, expecting, desiring, and committing to now. And we don't even need to say how it's going to happen. I want to have a perfect, comfortable home. I want to have a great job where I'm doing work that I find fulfilling and colleagues who love working with me, and I am generously compensated. And we're not even going to say that the money is going to come through the job because yes, it can come through a lotto ticket. Now, somebody won close to $2 billion in the lottery and good for them, maybe, because $2 billion is not going to solve all their problems because now they have a huge problem that they've got $2 billion in their bank account, zero experience in how to manage $2 billion. And do you suppose the first person or 10,000 people who come along who are offering to quote, help them are all honest and above board? No. Now they got a whole slate of new problems. So one of my prayers from time to time is God grant me the opportunity to prove for myself whether money can buy happiness just for the experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Unlimited money. See how that goes. Would I be willing to cash in my problems for a different set of problems? Yeah. It might be fun for a while. I would probably be really boring as a lotto winner, but that's a different story. So we're going to talk about why the lottery is a special case. And the reason that it's a special case is it's a random drawing and everybody buys a ticket and somebody at random wins. And the winnings are determined by what? The number of losers, right? If there weren't billions of people spending $2 on the lottery, then there would not be billions of dollars for the winner to win. Right. right. So inherent in playing the lottery is a belief in losing. And the lotto does not pay off. If everybody won at the lotto, then you'd wind up having to pay more for a ticket than you get in the winnings because you have to pay for all the lotto machinery. And baked into the belief system of a lottery, a random drawing, is that there have to be a whole bunch of losers in order for there to be a winner. And when we're buying into that, we have to acknowledge that we are jumping into that pool of potential losers. Even if we don't believe that that's going to be us, that's the way the system works. You can read the fine print on the ticket and it says that's the way the system works. It is completely different when it comes to getting a job because there could be somebody who is willing to pay top dollar for skills and talents that you didn't even know you had. So you're not jumping into a pool of potential losing. Right. When I am able to identify my unique gifts and skills and talents, what I'm bringing to the table, what I'm offering up when I share my time with somebody and there's somebody who finds great value in that, that's not gambling, that's sharing. And that's bringing more of the good into the world because The gifts and talents and skills that I have or that you have or that everybody who's listening has are God-given gifts, different Mm -hmm. combination for everybody. And when we get into that flow of being able to take what we've got and share it with the world, then the world supports us. And when we're being supported, the inflation and the recession and the rest of that stuff fades into the background because we are experiencing enough. We have plenty. Exactly. I'm glad you separated the lottery so then now. That way people don't put their hopes in that because, I mean, you're betting against yourself, I guess, in a way. In a lot of ways. And I still buy a lotto ticket when it gets up into the big numbers just because it's fun. I'm not I always paying. intend to when I forget. Yeah. I forgot the final jackpot drawing that actually got drawn. I got bought a ticket in the one before that. But I like going through the mental exercise of winning the lottery, what I do with the money. Because the worst thing to do is just to to give it to your friends and family because then they suddenly spend it all or they leverage it all and they buy themselves into a much more expensive lifestyle. And when the money runs out, they can't afford it anymore. 
and hilarity ensues. Let's take a break. And when we return, <laughs> hilarity. hilarity ensues. And when we return, we will do a prayer on enoughness. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with the Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, when you start with four or five different words and we get to do a solemn course amongst them all, it just goes in every different direction. It does. And when you said, when I bring those up, I'm thinking, did I do that? Or did you do <laughs> I'm going to make a note. Don't bring a lot of words. Just bring one. Even with one word, we wind up going in lots of different directions. And that's okay. And that's okay. The words, by the way, were prosperity, wealth, abundance, and money. And then we threw fear and recession and inflation on top of those, just to mix them up. To have and them there. a lot. Don't forget, we threw the lottery. In oh the yeah, time. yeah, the lottery and living in the law of averages. So there's actually a whole episode to do about living above the law of averages, or as we like to say, living well above the law of averages. So this episode was a course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was a course. And we're going to now do a prayer. And this is a practical prayer on enoughness, which may or may not have been a word before, but it is a word now because we all understand when we are feeling like we have enough. And we are all keenly aware when we have the concern that there's not enough. When we're looking at the amount of food that we've cooked and the number of guests that we've had and go, uh-oh, there might be some mismatch here. Or we look at the amount of money that's in the bank account and we look at the bills that are coming due and go, uh-oh, there's not enough for me to have this work out. And the idea is not to replace slight insufficiency of food with everything that they have over at the supermarket. We want to have enough. We want to have enough to use for this particular purpose. We want to have a little bit to spare. We want to have some to share. Same thing with our money, with our finances. We don't need all the money in the world. We want enough to spend, to save, and to share. And that's enough to be in that flow of enoughness where we have that adequacy. And the good news is we're not alone because when we take it to prayer, we can open our awareness to the infinite power, that divine presence, that abundant nature of the universe. It is limitless. That's what infinite means. There is no limit to the resource, to the abundance of the universe. 
everything that exists, 14.2 billion light years across, all of the galaxies, all of the stars, all of the plants, all of the people, all of the places, everything here on planet Earth created by that one, that divine presence sharing itself in specific and particular form. Everything is that infinite abundance taking its own specific form. The idea that there is not enough of that divine substance to bring more into our experience is a complete fallacy. It is an infinite universe. And having me have the experience of enoughness, having any of us have the experience of enoughness takes nothing away from anyone else. It's about the pieces fitting together in a harmonious way that brings uplift to everyone involved. So we let loose our attention and our attachment to the dollar value or the square footage or the timeline and open ourselves up to that infinite good that is available and know that there is adequate supply to bring all of the good that we are desiring and seeking into our lives, not giving it to us on a platter, but letting us embody that. Not to have somebody give us a free meal ticket, but to be that person who is fed, to share our gifts and our skills and our talents in a way that brings uplift to our lives and to the people who we're touching so that that generosity, that that giving continues to go and to go and to go. And in gratitude, there's more good for us. That's where the enoughness comes from. It's not because we negotiate a contract and dictate a deal and demand. It is about being in the position where we can share and be shared with and be in that flow. And there is plenty. There is enough for us to save and to share and to spend and to have and to be. That infinite creative power that has created each of us is creating that newness for us now, each in our own way, each with that adequacy and sufficiency and enoughness. The good is at hand right now. I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the supply. I'm grateful for the flow. I'm grateful for the awareness of this process and for the wonderful good stories that we each get to tell about this good flowing into our lives. And so with gratitude for this good, I speak this word and I release it into that same creative law that has always said yes. It always says yes. And it once again saying yes, that yes is underway now. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.